Let us pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this awesome day. Jesus, you are wonderful and you're glorious and you're holy. And we invite you, Holy Spirit, now to be our teacher. Speak through me. More importantly, speak through your word. Bring encouragement, bring strength, bring conviction. Father, birth in us a hunger for your presence, a hunger for your word. And help us during this quadesma, during this time of awaken, to fast. To fast a meal, to fast 24 hours, to fast a couple of days. It's hard. It's hard as nails. But it's one of the great practical tools that you give us that teaches us how to deny ourselves and how to learn that man, that woman, we do not live on bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from your mouth. Stirring us, fanning us, a flame and a fire for you, Jesus, like we've never had before. A love for you, Father, like we've never had before. An anointing and power through the Holy Spirit like we've never had before. For your glory, Jesus, nothing else. And it's in your precious name we pray, Jesus. Amen. All right, like the old days, y'all need to stay standing. Um, I'm going to sit down the way Jesus did and teach, and you guys are going to stand up the whole time, okay? Is that good? No, you guys can have a seat. We're looking here at Luke chapter 12, and for those who might be joining us for the first time, we're going through the Gospel of Luke, and we're not hitting every single uh, verse and every single story, every single parable of the life of Jesus according to the Gospel of Luke, but we're looking at some of the major themes. In the past couple weeks, we're looking at parables. Jesus constantly taught on parables, and as he preached and commanded us, he brought God's kingdom into this earth, and as he headed to Golgotha, to Calvary, where he was going to die on the cross for our sins, he preached, and he healed, and he taught, and he traveled all throughout, bringing glory to his Father. And as he preached these parables, and we'll see right here in chapter 12, and so open your Bibles back up, Luke chapter 12, or turn your, your cell phone back on, Luke chapter 12, verse 13. This teaching today, it's on greed. How many of us, and you don't have to raise your hand, but here online, how many of us struggle with greed? Now we might think, well, I'm not rich, so I don't struggle with greed. You don't have to be wealthy to be greedy. And if you're wealthy, it doesn't mean you're greedy. I'll say it right now. I'm going to go ahead and offend some people. We live in a day and age where wealthy people are being judged, automatically judged for being greedy, selfish, arrogant, racist, whatever it is. Maybe. But some of the most generous people on the planet are millionaires and billionaires. Not all of them. Now, I hope I've offended some of us because most of us are critical and judgmental towards others. We have it right here, right here in verse 13. This man, as Jesus is teaching, as he's preaching the multitudes, somebody stands up. Well, they're already standing up, I guess. And they kind of call out, they interrupt Jesus, teacher. He recognized Jesus to be a teacher as a rabbi. Tell my brother to divide the inheritance with me. Now, most theologians think that this man right here was the younger brother because back in the Jewish laws of Jesus' time and before, the oldest would receive double the inheritance. Raise your hand if you're the oldest sibling in your family. Blessings on you, Sammy and Steph, Angie, because you get a double inheritance from your parents. I'm number two, so I don't get it from my mom and dad. 
And most theologians think that this number, this, this man right here was number two or three. And he's asking Jesus because back in Jesus' day, the rabbis, many times, they were known as the ones that would have to decide disputes between inheritances. And so this man here is probably child sibling number two, three, four, five, or ten. And he's probably annoyed. And we can see it because Jesus teaches a parable about greed. He's probably greedy inside and coveting the fact and envious that he's not the oldest brother or oldest daughter. And he's not getting the double an inheritance. And he wants something more. I don't want to make fun or light of COVID because we have dear brothers and sisters in this congregation who have lost loved ones to COVID. And they're grieving deeply. Do you guys remember what happened in April of this past year when COVID started? Not only with the pandemic of COVID, but there were major issues going on at Sam's and at Costco with greed and anxiety. And Chris, if you don't mind throwing it up on the screen, there was another pandemic going with people hoarding toilet paper. And I just looked up online this week. People hoarding toilet paper. What did COVID have to do with diarrhea? Absolutely nothing, hardly. And yet toilet paper was being sold out. Sales in toilet paper last year went up 700%. But don't panic. As humans... How many of us struggle with anxiety for being out of control? How many of us struggle with anxiety for feeling out of control? As long as there's enough toilet paper in the bathroom, we're good, right? How many of us truly struggle with greed? I do a lot. And here Jesus shares a simple little parable, and we'll go quick. He says, friend, in verse this verse right here, verse 14, is one of the most ironic verses in all of Scripture. He says, friend, who appointed me a judge or arbitrator? I mean, Jesus is the ultimate judge. He is. His Father has given him the keys to heaven and earth, and he's the judge of the living and the dead. I mean, Jesus is the only one qualified to be the judge and arbitrator for this young man right here, but he's not going to dive into it. He said, who's appointed me judge and arbitrator? If the friend was really on top of it, he had said, your father did. He then told him, watch out and be on guard against all greed. Watch out and be on guard. What does it mean to be watch out and be on guard? It means to be vigilant. It means to be careful. It means to be suspect. It means to be protected. Watch out, watch out, watch out. Watch out, be on your guard for all kinds of greed. Now, for some of us, we might not struggle with being greedy for money. For some of us, money is not an idol. For most of it, most of us, it is. But how many of us are greedy with our time? How many are greedy with our own pleasure and our own comfort? How many of us are greedy with our own pleasure, with our stuff? With our agenda. I'm very greedy with my agenda. I'm very greedy with my body and how I feel. 
With all this snow, I could hardly exercise. Driving me crazy. Because I'm greedy and at times I can be consumed with how I look. Now, I eat all the time. But how many of us are truly greedy? Now, Jesus is hitting really hard here, the greed for money right here, because this is what this man here is struggling, struggling with. Look at what Jesus says. He goes, because one's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. One's life is not in the abundance of his possessions. How many pairs of pants do we really need? How many pairs of shoes do we need? How many shirts and dresses? How many vehicles do we need? How many houses do we need? Having moved this past year, my goodness, the amount of stuff we have. And when we moved back from Mexico, all we brought back was our clothes, our books, and our TV. That's it. It didn't even fill up the smallest U-Haul that you could fill up. And we've acquired over six years all this junk. Greed. Jesus then shares this parable, and parables, parables reveal the attitude of our heart. The certain rich man, and there's several things, and we'll go really quickly because we got the Lord's Supper coming up. But I want to draw a couple things out. He, Jesus says, a rich man's land was very productive. So we already have a rich man. A rich man and his land is very productive. Very productive. So we have this wealthy man who gets more productive. He gets more wealthy. He's more rich. What happens? What should I do since I don't have anywhere to store up my crops? Now, who's he talking to? Look at it closely. Look at the verse. Look at verse 17. Who is he talking to? Himself. He said to himself, what should I do? And I'm going to draw this out, okay? Because then we go, I will do this. I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones. Sounds like an American. Bigger is better. More. A plethora of I didn't say it right. You guys didn't laugh. Y'all are sleeping. A plethora. He's rich and he's getting more rich and more rich and more rich. I will do this. He said, I will tear down my barns and build bigger ones and store all my grain and my goods there. Then I'll say to myself, who's he talking to? Himself. Himself. Myself. Himself. Myself. You have many goods stored up for many years. Take it easy. Eat, drink, and enjoy yourself. Where's the accountability? Where are the other men in this man's life who are holding him accountable? Who's like iron sharpening iron saying, what are you doing? You're already wealthy. God has blessed you with abundance. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. Give it away. But this man, he's so greedy and he's so consumed with himself. He's so consumed with his own pleasures, his own time, his own material goods. He's going to tear down the big barns he already has and build bigger barns. He's going to store it all up so that way he can kick back, eat, drink, and enjoy himself. sounds like an American citizen. But God said to him, you fool, say the word fool, fool, you fool. 
you idiot. What does God say? You fool. And I don't think Jesus is saying this with anger. Too many of us see our Heavenly Father as an angry God who just is so disappointed in us. I can see Jesus with almost with his voice cracking. Cracking with grief. You fool. This very night, your life is demanded of you. I can see Jesus with his heart breaking with sadness because he loves this man so much. With great grief because he could do so much better and so much more. This very night, your life is demanded of you and the things you have prepared, whose will they be? Whose will they be? That's how it is with the one who stores up treasure for himself and is not rich toward God. The definition of greed. What does greed mean? It is an intense, selfish desire and longing. It's a very intense, selfish desire and longing from the pit of ourself for something, especially wealth, power, or food. We don't have to be greedy just for money, even though most of us are. We could have this intense longing and desire for power, even if it's just power over our own lives, over our own time, over our own agenda. And I can see Jesus here with great sadness as he teaches this truth. And also with great encouragement, because this passage here should bring great conviction to all of us about maybe how we manage our money, how we manage our material. I don't call them blessings because sometimes they're actually stumbling blocks. But the material things we have, are we greedy With our time, are we greedy with our own comfort? Are we greedy with our own pleasures? What are we greedy with? There might be some of us here who don't struggle with being greedy, but we're commanded to watch out, to be on guard, because we have a roaring lion, Satan, and he is roaming the earth looking whom he could devour. And I made very light of the pandemic, and I apologize if that offended you. But I look at our country at how we hoard so much and how we hoard things and our finances and our money. I'm not going to do it, but I do want to close. I'm not going to look it up on my phone, but I do want to close. One of my best friends, he's in the military. He's OBGYN. He's a doctor here at Vanderbilt. They've got six kids. They're all really good friends with my three children. And he sent me a text yesterday or two days ago with a link to a coffee press, a French press. We camp a lot, and I can't go camping without coffee. But most camping coffee is really bad. And this French press that this ex-military, he's, this, a man has created this French press for camping. You got to have good coffee when you go camping. And so we bought a couple of them. And 
this man who's created these French presses for camping, the reason he created this business is because he wants to give as much money that he earns out of this to missions. I'm not going to tell you this man's name, but he was in the military. He's an army chaplain in the military today. And after getting out, not getting out of the military, his first house, he bought his first house. And as a young adult, he paid it off in five years. And all the proceeds to that house, he gave away to missions. And I truly believe this man is living with the attitude of Psalm 24.1. The earth is the Lord's. The earth is the Lord's and everything in it. How do we view the stuff we have? Is it yours or is it God's? Is your body yours or is it God's? Is your bank account yours or is it God's? Is your time, your agenda, your career, your children, your parents, is it, the, is it yours or is it God's? Oh, may we be watchful, ever so watchful and on guard by the power and presence of Holy Spirit to defend ourselves against greed. We can't do it without Him. But may we live in such a way where everything that we have, we know that it's been lent to us. It's not ours. It's His. And as Jesus said here, He goes, life is so much more than just the abundance of our possessions. Let's stand. Verse 15. Jesus says right here in verse 15, watch out, be on guard against all greed. Maybe you struggle with financial greed, but it's probably another type of greed too. Because one's life is not an abundance of his possessions. We're getting ready to go into the time of the Lord's Supper. And we'll have a time of confession here, but I want to encourage everybody here. If Holy Spirit has been speaking to you, maybe the way you are spending your money or your time, maybe your heart attitude about the possessions you have, maybe it's your heart attitude about your just how you live your life out, maybe it's how just your pleasures of life. Today is the day. If Holy Spirit is convicting you of something, repent of it today. Turn, surrender, give it over. Let Holy Spirit move in and through you. Because we should live lives that where we love our Heavenly Father with everything that we are for His glory. And what He gives us, it's for His glory. So I want to invite Chris to come over. Chris is going to lead us in the Lord's Supper today. And I just want to encourage everybody, if you don't have our Lord's Supper to go pack, please raise your hand. We have a few deacons here that will pass out. So if you don't have the Lord's Supper, please raise your hand and our deacons. And... We're going to have our liturgy like we normally do. There'll be responsive prayers. and But I've noticed that sometimes as we're going through the prayers, I hear people peeling back the stuff, trying to suck it down as we're still praying. I want everybody to wait until Chris is done and our worship team begins to lead us in song. And then take the bread and drink from the cup. What I want us to do is really focus on the prayers that we're praying. This is a time, it's corporate. It's not just me and Jesus, it's us and Jesus. And it's a great time of repentance and confession as we've heard from God's word, as we've worshiped him. And now as we remember the greatest sacrifice of all, as we share this table in this COVID way, 
It is a time not only to repent and examine ourselves, but it's a time to remember what Jesus has done on the cross, and it's a time to worship him and allow his Holy Spirit to move in us for his glory. So wait till we're done with the liturgies, and once we start singing, then take the bread, take the cup. And as we sing, sing to Jesus. If you need to spread out, come to the altar. You can stay seated, standing, however you want. Clear as mud. Claro como café, as we say in Spanish. All right, excellent. Okay, Chris, it's all yours. All right.